0: and load this is steve dace the steve Dace show
1: and greetings happy tuesday thanks for tuning in here today live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace Totters and and Aaron McIntyre are here as well. The number here, if you'd like to join us too, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Last name for those of you listening via Blaze Radio and the podcast is D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter At Steve Dace Show. Today, typical Tuesday, bottom of the hour. I have selected some clips for this week's fake news or not. Then Todd and Aaron will render their verdict. Are these fake news or not? Next hour, we're going to spend an entire hour on a television show currently airing on Netflix. It's a Netflix original produced by Roma Downey and Mark Burnett. That's the superstar producer tandem that... Well, Mark Burnett was one of the most successful television producers in the country before he married Roma Downey. But after marrying uh, the devout Catholic uh, woman, uh, he has himself delved into a lot of faith-based programming in recent years. One of the more successful entities they've, they've done uh, was a few years ago, one of the highest-rated miniseries of all time uh, was on the Bible. From the beginning all the way to the end. What was that, like 13, 20 episodes? It was yeah it was fewer
2: than 25 i believe yeah
1: Yeah. and uh that was a major hit and that really put them on the map in the faith-based entertainment community well they are the executive producers of netflix's messiah and the tagline to the show is will he convert you or con you now i have i've watched the entire
0: show my wife and i have watched the entire show todd I've watched the whole thing, and I was a little skeptical at okay. the beginning. I mean, man, yeah, I'm glad I took... Did your wife watch it all with you? She did. Okay.
1: Aaron, where are you and in the, in the new Mrs. McIntyre at with this?
2: We made it through four episodes, four of the ten.
1: Okay. Well, you, you guys are newlyweds. It's not like you know other things to do at the moment. Um, so, I actually like that in a way. You disobeyed what I asked last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But you know why I like it? Because you are in the middle of the part of the series where I was having doubts about what my own opinion of what's going on is. Then I'm not going to say anything right now. Okay. And then as the show gets further, did you have some similar doubts about three or four episodes in? No. Or were you solid the whole way? Okay. Because I, I, I had some doubts the first few episodes. And then when we got further along, especially the more we get to the end, the more I am convinced... Of of what's occurring here, but a, a major platform has produced a series about the culmination of human history from what has been the dominant worldview of Western civilization's perspective. And it's got major production value and, and there aren't like any major stars, but there's all kinds of actors and actresses that you have seen in other productions. And you would know like Michelle Monaghan, who's been in a lot of movies and she's from our native Iowa, actually. And that if that's not perfect for Pop Culture Tuesday, for us to park it in this space. At the intersection between pop culture and conservatism, if this show wasn't made for this segment, then then there's no the segment's pointless to have each week. And so we're going to spend a good deal of time talking about this show. If you have watched it, please email me, because we'll, we'll we'll try to. Mix in some of your online commentary with our own as we discuss it next hour. Steve at com. If you have watched this show or let us know on the
2: socials as well. Aaron, what were you going to say? Well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'm going to save it for that actual segment. Okay. All right. All right. So... And of course, we're, there's going to be spoilers involved.
1: So if you do plan on watching it and don't want any spoilers, then you know, bookmark next hour's podcast and, or, or television show here on Blaze TV and come back and uh, watch it again or listen to it again after you've had a chance to see it. And we'll give you another warning before we start the conversation next hour as well. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away, brought to you by All Power to the Soviets. Project Veritas released the results of their latest sting operation, this time on the Bernie Sanders campaign in Iowa. Kyle Yurick, a low-level field organizer on the Bernie Sanders campaign in Iowa, talked to an undercover Project Veritas reporter, where he speaks glowingly of the Soviet gulags. The reason Joseph Stalin had gulags, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, gulags were a lot better than like what like the CIA has told us that they were. Like people were actually paid a living wage in gulags.
1: They had conjugal visits in gulags. Gulags were actually meant for, like,
2: re-education. The greatest way to break a billionaire of their, like, privilege and their idea that they're superior, go out and break rocks and throw them over today.
0: day. You're now a working-class person, and you're going to learn what that means.
2: He went on to say that Milwaukee will burn if Sanders doesn't get the nomination. He doesn't get the nomination. or it goes to the second round at the DNC Convention
3: it will start in Milwaukee and then when they and when the police push back on that
2: and other cities Elizabeth Warren said via a press release last night that Bernie Sanders did indeed tell her a woman couldn't win the presidency during a private meeting between the two back in 2018 Bernie Sanders has since denied that allegation learning Spanish today today's phrase is a woman can't win but a Cherokee might.
0: Una mujer no puede ganar? No, pero un sí.
2: Elizabeth Warren is also touting her ability to forgive student loan debt if she's elected without congressional support. So there's something. Senator Cory Booker announced yesterday he's quitting his campaign for the Democratic nomination for the White House. Of course, after he dropped out, he blamed racism. About it, Democrat,
4: so yeah, Are you yeah. concerned this debate stage now is, is yeah. all white?
3: I'm very concerned. I I still remember the reaction when Kamala Harris dropped off the stage amongst black women in my life. It was almost like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's a woman that won in California twice who has been extraordinary and she couldn't even get to Iowa. How how could we have a situation that, that is creating that kind of dynamic? We have got to find a way as a party as a nation, both parties, to understand that we are a diverse nation.
2: Moving on into sports news, Major League Baseball announced yesterday the suspension of Houston Astros general manager Jeff Lunau and manager A.J. Hinch from the sport for one year after the league's investigation confirmed the Astros cheated by using a camera-based sign-stealing system during the regular season and postseason of their World Series winning 2017 season. The pair have since been fired by the Astros. President Trump showed up at last night's college football national championship game. During one part of the game, Trump and first lady Melania Trump could be seen commiserating with Hollywood actor Vince Vaughn, for which some people were not happy. I'm not angry about Vince Vaughn, just profoundly disappointed, and I want nothing more to do with him. Once upon a time, I found him quite entertaining. Not anymore. Four gun control bills have advanced through the Judiciary Committee in Virginia's General Assembly. The measures, which groups like the NRA say would make it harder for law abiding citizens to obtain weapons for self defense, would outlaw the possession and prohibit the selling of any firearm magazine with the capacity for 10 or more rounds of ammunition among other measures as well. Canadian wax-my-balls bigot dude Jessica Yaniv is back in court, this time taking a waxing salon to court for refusing to wax his legs. He then assaulted independent journalist Kian Bexty outside of a courthouse for asking him questions. Yaniv, will you you be pleading pleading guilty? What? No, don't don't touch me. Don't
3: touch me. Hey! uh, Stop!
1: Go away from me. Go away! Yeah. Go away from me. Get away from me. Go away.
2: Crazy. Get thing. away from me. Get away. Get the away from me. A 45 year old convicted sex offender in Michigan is protesting a judge sentencing him to 10 years in prison for child pornography. The man says he identifies as an eight year old girl and that the images found in his possession are protected under the First Amendment. The game show Jeopardy! faced some criticism recently for the following clue for which contestants were to name the country of origin.
4: Built in the 300s AD, the Church of the Nativity. Katie. What is Palestine? No. Jack, what is Israel? That's it.
2: Blue check marks were angry. Unacceptable. Bethlehem is in the Palestinian territories, which Israel illegally occupies. Katie Needle got the correct answer and was robbed. Jeopardy owes an apology for endorsing Israel's universally condemned illegal takeover of Palestinian lands. And finally, somebody's cutting onions over here. What we're watching is video of two young Australian girls' reactions when their father returns home from almost two weeks of fighting brush fires in Australia. <laughs>
0: Alive!
3: Alive! My wonderful daughters!
0: Alive! <laughs> alive. <laughs>
2: and that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by Tommy John. When it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear and then there's Tommy John. I'm a fan of my Tommy John underwear as well. It's the revolutionary clothing brand that redefines comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. And that's because the secret to their success is, is they don't give an F over it. Tommy John, They they actually give three. Fabric fit and function. Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you've ever worn before. And as a result, Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a no wedgie guarantee. They have comfortable stay put waistbands and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, uh, feather light, moisture, wicking, breathable and designed to move with you, not against you. That means there's no bunching and no riding up. Now we're into that time of year where a lot of people are going to decide that they remember where the gym was at in their hometown within the sound of my voice, right? I'm just going to tell you from my own experience that um, this is a far more comfortable, flexible, and um, uh, less adjustment necessary underwear than the stuff you wore all year long when you decide to go back to the gym and get active. All right? So if you want to give it a shot, tommyjohn.com slash steve is the website tommyjohn.com slash steve get 20% off of your first order when you go to tommyjohn.com slash steve 20% off your first order again at tommyjohn.com slash steve let's get to the montage we are expecting that uh, our old friend and future hall of famer and World Series champion. Kurt Schilling is going to be joining us later today in the overtime to discuss the greatest cheating scandal in baseball since, frankly, Todd, the last one. Uh, So we get one of these a decade. So in the 90s and early 2000s, we had the steroid scandal, and Kurt played through that. Now we've got the sign-stealing scandal where the Astros have won more games the last three years than any franchise in the entire history of Major League Baseball. And it's not because they've lacked for talent. So it, how much of this is just, this is an honor code you cannot violate? And how much of this is really a competitive advantage? And, and my guess is the Astros, given their their talent, probably didn't need to steal the White Sox signs to uh, to sweep a weekend uh, series at Comiskey in May, as would be my guess. But when you get into the postseason, and now it's not just good on good, but great on great, I can see where every little bit of an advantage in that arena If you know what's coming, it could help you. But we'll talk to somebody who can speak to this because he also happens to know the manager of the Red Sox that's embroiled in this next. Uh, Alex Corey happens to know him really well as well. We'll talk to him today in the overtime. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good news for you, just... Go to blazetv.com later today when it gets uploaded on the website and you will be able to watch for the rest of you. If you want to make sure that you watch that today, as well as all of the other exclusive programming we do each day at blaze tv, go to blaze slash dace blaze slash dace to get a discounted subscription to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash dace. Let, let's go with the rest of, of what's in the montage as, as best as we can. Just a very quick question: The sex offender in Michigan who identifies as an eight-year-old girl as the basis for his defense. By what standard would we deny him this claim? There is none. That's what, I can't think of one. That's why I'm asking you guys. Don't judge, man. But yeah, by w- what would be the standard by which we would say you can't do that? Love is love, bigot. Yeah. What would be the what would be the the foundation of the judgment we would make that would say? this is ridiculous or false. How, what, what would we base such a denial on? Do you guys know?
0: It's just living his truth like a boss.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know what would be the basis of saying, given what we've given the premise that we have permitted to be established. I, I don't know why, and you know this goes back to uh, when I was still writing for USA Today. I I wrote a column there uh, six or seven years ago after the first gay marriage ruling at the court, and my column was chastising the court for being bigots. I mean, I, I mean, if if why are you denying any marriage equality? If it's okay for two men to get married or two women to get married, why isn't it okay for three men to get married or four men and two women? What, what, what is where where do you draw the line to say? That why are you imposing your particular narrow-minded viewpoint of marriage equality on everybody else? I mean, polygamy is a lot is the oldest practice we have. It, it dates far back in human history, far back to even um, the mainstreaming of homosexuality in, in any Bedouin culture, for example. So, I mean, we, we had we had states in the union that we wouldn't admit to this country in the 19th century until they banned the practice of polygamy. So it has a far greater place of prominence in human history and culture than the mainstreaming of homosexuality does. So why would we deny that? But what would be the basis we would say, you cannot do this, given the basis by which we're granting people to do other things outside of what has been, what Western civilization has pronounced as normal or moral. And the same argument is here. What would would be, what would be the basis to say that that's bad? I, I know one argument some of you will try to make is well, this material can only be procured by the committing of a crime against a child who is below the age of consent. Now, I would argue based again on the premises we're establishing, how do we know what an age of consent is who are who are you to dictate? What, in, what an age of consent is, number one. But then number two, um, well, he's when I try to make a similar argument about banning adult pornography, you guys tell me I can't do that, and that's not conservative. So, I mean, if it, I mean, how much of that is 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 really done against against people's will? So, I I don't understand how there's any rationale, Todd, to deny his claim. Well,
0: he's he's identifying once again as an eight year old girl, right? Yes. So, isn't the crime actually being committed against him? I, I
1: to me, there's to me, he's, if you're taking this, here. if you're taking this to its most logical conclusion, that's there's more, there's more logical consistency for the claim that you just made. That he as a child is being victimized by the, by, ha- by the fact there's even access to this material that can yeah. contribute to his own and entice his own delinquency because we have delinquency right. of, a, of a minor is a crime, right? Right. Yeah, that's a crime. Yes. Now, I, 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 of course, I find all of this insane and and why at times I'm comforted that hell exists. But Again, by the premises that we are premises that we have established and recognized and permitted, what would be what would be the rationale well, that tells him no?
0: There isn't. But since we don't have an uncomfortable laugh track on this show, uh, it might be hard for you to recognize. But all Steve is doing, and this is what we talked about recently, he's just doing a Ricky Gervais bit right now. I mean, he's. You just. I I'm didn't take, do this. You. Did. Yeah, you
1: did this. This is your yes. premise. I'm taking it to its most logical yes. conclusion. This is yeah. this is what you said you wanted. I mean, why? Is, I'm, I'm not to. I, I'm. I didn't make the weather happen. I'm just reporting the forecast to you.
2: And and for those of those listeners who who listen to us on Glenn Beck's program uh, while we filled in for him a couple of days uh, th- during during Christmas break. Uh, this is applying rules for patriots. Uh, take, you know, use your uh, reverse the premise of your opponent's argument and then use them, use it against them. That's that's part and parcel yep. to what what we're doing. I mean, this is a uh, this is that uh, fundamentally. So later this year, when we get into the general election,
1: let's 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 continue with that tactic, shall we, Aaron? Later this year, when we get into the general election and we're all anybody and you're all racist, if you don't want to vote for whatever communist the Democrats nominate. Just, just have that clip of Cory Booker. Can you have that ready for me, all sure. year, all the rest of this year? Because in the end, um, the Democrats are a racist party by their own admission. If, if, if the definition of diversity is just we're simply counting representation, then by their own stated definition, this is a, the Democratic Party is a racist party. Because how many people of color? Oh, now, of course we could throw in facts. Like he mentioned Kamala Harris didn't even make it to Iowa. Um, I had about 3% less black support than Kamala Harris did. And I wasn't a candidate in the field. Okay. So she failed to, establish, he's talking, I don't know the, you know, I don't know how many black women Cory Booker claims that he knows, but there weren't very many of them supporting Kamala Harris. Otherwise she would still be in this race. Okay. So, um, it, I, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you why the majority, the vast majority of black voters seemingly want to support um, the, the oldest sounding and looking candidate and whitest candidate in this race and Joe Biden. But, you know, I, I won't cast aspersions because that would be racist to do that. OK, so I can't make any generalizations and I can't make any conclusions. All we can do is just simply count representation. So if we're counting representation and there were 25 candidates and we're down to the, basically the final five or six and none of them are, are minorities, the only conclusion by your own stated ideology that I am permitted to come to is that the Democratic Party is a racist party. Is there any other conclusion that we could possibly come to by the premise that they want established?
0: Once again, you didn't do this. I didn't
1: do this. You did, did this. Yes. And yeah, this is your premise. This is your premise. Gosh. I I, 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 I can't, I can't, by your premise, I can only come to the conclusion that the Democratic Party is a racist party. I have no other conclusion to
2: come to. Yeah, I mean, what happened to blaming Russia and stuff for your problems? That would would work out Well,
1: Nancy Pelosi's now apparently accusing Mitch McConnell of being a Russian agent. There we go. Although that that would (laughs) explain (laughs) what my 10 years of political activism were like before Donald Trump came along. But anyway, okay. (laughs) What will be fascinating in the debate tonight? is Elizabeth Warren has, has basically doubled down on the charge that Bernie Sanders told her, a woman can't win. Now, I am sure when this comes up tonight, because I'm sure that it will, I am sure Bernie is going to attempt to say something along the lines of, you know, we just saw in the last election that a woman can't win. People don't want to vote for a woman. Everybody, nobody wants to vote for a woman. You know, we, I mean, this country is sexist. I wish that weren't the case. I wish that weren't the case. But I mean, the people
0: chose a racist over a woman. What do you expect me to say? Right? Okay? give could be something like that, right? It could be. It better not.
1: That's probably what he's going to say. All right? That, that they're not going to sit there and go scorched earth. To, it's just not. They're not going to do that. He's, he's going to attempt to pawn it off. They've, okay? they've, they've already said, he put it out there that she's lying. He's which not, is what's yeah, happening. Yeah, but he's not going to look at her and say that. He's, he's not. He's not going to do that. Why? Why? Because that's, that's, that's not how they operate, okay? And we saw the one candidate who tried this and the day after you and I are like, we think she's going to be the, their best candidate. It could be the nominee. And remember, Cory Booker just told us she couldn't even make it to Iowa, okay? They're, they're just, they're, that's mutually assured destruction. The, the Bernie's going to try to figure out some way to maneuver out of this Rather than sitting there and and letting each side each of them call one the other a liar because it's the same They're going for the same base of people And you can see the way that she passively aggressively doubled down on this last night Well, that is what he said, but I think what he meant and I don't want to talk about it anymore This is a this is a mutually assured destruction I, I think I think no one wins this argument No one does you disagree? You're welcome. No, to... no.
0: I, t- I just, I really want him to look at a proven liar and just call it a, a spade a spade. I, I, that would be fantastic.
1: Did he ever call Hillary Clinton a liar in any of those debates head to head? I can't recall a moment that he did something like that.
0: Not a flat out, I mean, we, they had some they, it yeah, but antagonistic. Not, but tried he Look right at, at her and say,
1: You're a liar. You can't win. You're a liar.
0: I, I don't believe he did.
1: Yeah. I don't think he did either.
0: But I would have wanted that too.
1: Yeah. You might have wanted that. There's a lot of things we want that we apparently can't have. <laughs> um, let's go to um, this, this, the student loan debt thing's gonna happen, guys. I'm, I've been telling you that for two years and we're giving all these bailouts to all these other groups and all these other states. I have no idea once you're doing that, the argument to not bail out young people and, and I'm not for it. I'm just saying that again, by the premise this seems to be the theme today. By the premise that's been established, how would you say to a college student that, I mean, we're we're bailing out farmers in our own home state here. No one made you be a farmer. No one made you stick being a farmer. You could have joined another industry. You chose to stay. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if we're going to bail you out, I don't. Why wouldn't we bail out? Not to mention, how many? What are there? What are there more votes? With doing, bailing out farmers or college students, do you think? Where, where's the sheer numbers of, of, of voters?
0: Well, whatever it is, it's clearly moving in the direction yeah. of uh, college students. Where they- and there's, and there's, there, there,
1: there's no rationale. By every premise we've allowed to be established, there's, there's no rationale to say no. That doesn't mean there aren't rationales to say no. I didn't say that. Is that what I said? No. I said by the premises. I, get, I didn't do this. You did this. So by the premises that have been established, the precedents that have been set, there really is no rationale to say, no, the largest growing voting block for the next 50 years of American politics, you can't have a bailout, but all the people that will be dead by the time we get to 2030 get one. That's not how politics works, period, number one. And number two, it's certainly not going to work that way by the premises that have already been permitted to be established. There's no rationale for saying no. Next, remember yesterday, we're doing pretty good here. This is like the most topics in a rundown I have gotten through in one segment and and, in many a show, right? Well, you've latched onto
0: the theme here. It helps.
1: I I thought I had forgotten how to do rapid fire, but apparently not. Okay. So um, remember yesterday when we were talking about Nancy Pelosi and... And we met, and I mentioned, you know, we like to run clickbait about how they treat gays and stuff because and, and why against the, the left on the right. And, you know, to point out, why do you guys love these people so much over your own country, given the way they would treat your own constituents? Right. We, we, we uh-huh. brought that up. Mm-hmm. And I asked you guys yesterday, do you think Nancy Pelosi is unaware Iran throws a sizable chunk of her own constituents in, out there in San Francisco off of buildings and hangs them in public? Do you, do you think she's unaware of this? And you guys, answer was what?
0: She is not, not
1: aware. No, she's probably not. Therefore, and here's why that question's relevant. Because if she is aware of this, then the way to come to, to combat her argument is you're just dealing with pure partisan idolatry. Her disdain for the president and his supporters, just she cannot overcome that to align with him on virtually anything of her own free will. Correct. Correct? The video of Project Veritas. That's different. Because to to really believe the stuff Bernie Sanders is selling. It, you're, this isn't 1918. It's not 1928. It's not even 1948, post-World War II. Well, I don't know. The Soviets, maybe not so bad. They helped us beat the Nazis. Maybe they've got a few good ideas. We're, we, we are now a, a, more than a generation away from history judging that what Bernie Sanders is advocating doesn't work. And instead, it actually kills and enslaves more people than it ever helps. That, that is, that's, that's irrefutable historically, is it? don't you think? Correct. Historically that, that, irrefutable. As is
0: the real-time reminder that Venezuela is. Yes. So then, when you see someone,
1: you, you have to ask yourself, what is it with Aaron's generation that they're buying into this? And because it's not previous generations that really didn't know or hadn't or or this this was a new ideology and might maybe it'll work, it sounds good. No, no, this is a this is now a full fledged generation born in the aftermath of the failure that was Marxism on multiple continents. So it they don't know, which means they were taught something instead. And and so this is this is different than Nancy Pelosi, now. This is is brainwashed. This guy's brainwashed. He's not alone. And these are the kinds of things you have to believe to buy into what Bernie Sanders is selling. You have to be ignorant of history and facts. Just unaware of them. Taught alternative facts in history. Newspeak. You've been brainwashed. What's the difference? When, When you're conquered by an oppressive regime, they have to They come and take your children from you and make them go out and walk minefields to clear paths for their soldiers. And you cry and you're upset and you want to fight back. They do it against your will. That's when you're conquered. When you're brainwashed, you voluntarily offer your children for such a task. They view themselves as heroes. You dress them up for an auspicious occasion so that they will go into the afterlife dressed to the nines. What you're dealing with in that Project Veritas video is the latter. That's that's not there's that's not partisanship. That is brainwashing. And the only thing that defeats a poor worldview is a better one. Which is why on this show we often say revival or bust. More in a moment. Fake news or not, this week brought to you by Credit Repair. Be cautious on relying on free credit score websites. Case in point, uh, this couple wanted to refi their home. So they got their credit score online and it looked pretty good. But when they applied for that loan, the broker checked thoroughly and their credit score was 40 points worse than what the website said. So they were rejected. If they had started, though, with CreditRepair.com, they'd have received a free credit evaluation from an actual human in minutes. Their creditreport.com creditrepair.com advisor would have shared their actual score and a report summary for free and he would have pointed out inaccurate and unfair items are hurting their credit in ways that could work to fix them and fix their credit as well if you're thinking about buying a car refinancing your home or even applying for any credit call creditrepair.com first get your free free credit score and report plus smart advice from actual humans on how you can improve both when you call 800-551-9835. That's 800-551-9835. One more time, 800-551-9835. It's not available in all states, including Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, Oregon, and South Carolina. Again, get your free credit score and report, plus some smart advice from actual human beings on how you can improve both. 800-551-9835. Or visit creditrepair.com. Let's get to it. Fake news or not. And again, we don't sit here and fact check enemy propaganda. Instead, we sit here and put a truth checker on the media, the personalities and platforms that are supposedly speaking to and for what's left of real America. Todd and Aaron, I have selected five clips. Are the two of you ready to go? Yes. You will pronounce your verdicts beginning with this one right here.
4: Do you know the timeline for when things get rolling this week with the trial do you know how that's gonna happen if you talk to uh... leader no i mean it mean, clearly what clearly what Pelosi's done is just a circus it's a sham i mean she said it was so important to get it done back in december we didn't have time to get the witness to have witnesses come and now she wants to tell us how to do the trial in the senate i have no earthy idea it's frustrating to me i've been up there a year and, you know we ought to be doing things that are important secure the border balance a budget lower drug prices but we're playing. We're you know playing this game that Pelosi has. She just hates Trump. Do you and now? You read. The, you listen to what she said over the weekend. Hates McConnell.
1: That's Republican Senator Rick Scott, former governor of Florida, as well, saying that really this is nothing. This isn't a real story. This impeachment. She just hates Trump. Is that talking about Nancy Pelosi? Is that
0: fake news or not, Todd? First part is true news. Second part is fake news. I mean, once he delved into what we're supposed to be doing up here. And not only says she just hates Trump, but hates McConnell. I mean, McConnell is every bit the master of this, talking about what we're supposed to be doing and not doing it. As how Nancy much of Pelosi that were they is. doing before this? Impeachment? Exactly. So that's where he should have just yeah. let let it go, but he couldn't.
2: Yeah, I don't think that uh, Nancy Pelosi necessarily hates. Um, I, I I agree with Todd. I, there's no way Nancy Pelosi actually just hates, has this been. Vind- no, she's just playing, she's just playing the games. I think in some ways, Nancy Pelosi, in some ways, Nancy Pelosi is just kind of living as if, as if the old rules, the old way of, of playing ball in Washington, uh, or at least with her constituents, um, that's those, those rules are still in effect where, you know, you can kind of do what you, you know. No, there there are some new there are some new um, characters in town. They're called the Squad, and um, you know I can see why I can see why um, you know those those type of people kind of uh, you know encourage and or force Nancy Pelosi to do this type of thing. I don't think she actually has the same vendetta against Trump that some in her caucus actually do. All right, this next clip
1: is from Mike Rowe, who's a figure I know a lot of you like and respect talking about whether he'd ever actually consider working for or with the Trump White House. Watch.
0: Let me ask you this. Yeah. What about uh, working with the White House on initiatives involving
2: the economy? Never have. About a million years. No. no, and it's not because I disagree. It's because half the country can't hear him. I'm talking to a bigger audience.
1: He says it's not because he'd never do it. Not because I disagree, um, but because the minute... Uh, You know you attach yourself to that brand half the country can't hear you anymore And frankly i'm talking to a bigger audience than that Is that fake news or not? Aaron i'll start with you this time
2: I would say in the long run, that's not fake news because, I mean, if you attach yourself to any administration and that's your source of, oh, this is micro Rowe of, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Obama administration or micro of the Trump administration, as soon as that title is gone, it's like, well, as, as soon as the president's off the off the stage, kind of you are as well. He has his own brand. He doesn't need the White House. He doesn't need that type of thing. So I don't think that this is fake news. Having said that, as well, I want to—I mean, the bullet, you know, the White House—that's a huge audience. But unless it's actually the president commanding the bully pulpit, who the heck cares what the director of, um, you know, programmable thermostats says in the president's cabinet? If you get where I'm going with that, so I think Mac- Micro is probably right on the money there.
0: Todd, what do you think? Yeah, same. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily a bigger audience, but it's a large enough audience that needs to be cultivated in a way that simply doesn't rely on uh, the primitive notions of uh, orange man bad or Cheeto Jesus saves. It it needs something that is allowed to spread its wings in a way that micro can. And this is kind of the calculus in some ways that you made. And we talked about that yesterday in terming not to attach yourself to the Trump thing. Like how pigeonholed are you gonna be by his Trump's manicness, not being able to depend on any given day if what directive was going to last, whether you could buy into it. So yeah, Micro is absolutely right, and he's he's not many men understand themselves in such a fashion as Mike, and I'm talking about plenty of educated men too. They just they they need the ring and what it promises, and Micro is a man in full, and he's free. So then,
1: wouldn't. When- is this unique to him? I mean, we just talked a minute ago about how we thought or you guys thought half or you thought Todd, half of what Rick Scott said was was true news. But the other half, like if this if impeachment wasn't here, they they'd be up there doing the people's work when they weren't doing it before. They weren't repealing mm-hmm. Obamacare before, they weren't securing the border before. They weren't mm-hmm. they weren't doing any of this before, mm-hmm. okay? So, I mean, that's fake news, right? Correct. Okay. How much, how much further should, 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 should we as a movement follow Mike Rowe's path? I mean, what, what, what does linking arms, what's the cost benefit analysis then of linking arms with the Republican party? How many people without that brand attachment, how many more people would agree with the stuff we say, particularly the real common sense stuff like, Do you want, um, um, how many, how many Americans do you think really, really, truly want Jessica Yanov, that dude in the bathroom with their little girl at a Walmart? How many do you think it is? Very few. I think it's very freaking few.
2: One guy in Michigan. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's bleeping few is what I think it is. Okay. But how many of those people can we get access to, to stop this cultural insanity that 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 are essentially sequestered away from us because of the the political paradigm that's what mike Rowe's addressing right Mm -hmm. so if if we if you guys are saying that that this is why i put this clip in here is isn't there a broader application potentially to what he's saying then i mean if the if if he's pre if he's bringing common sense to people who if it was packaged with a specific specific political brand i mean Those of you in this audience that just love Donald Trump and think he's like heaven born heaven sent Even if that's true for just a second All right. In fact, i'm going to grant your point that it's true for just a second to make this point Because there's an r after his name There is a certain percentage of the american people that if you just gave him a blind taste test like the old Pepsi Challenge commercials when we were kids, when you you know you pulled up to the the blind taste taste test van, is it Coke, RC, or Pepsi? Which one do you think tastes better? Mm-hmm. If you just give them the blind taste test, do you think human trafficking drug cartel rings should run the U.S. southern border? Yes or no? What do you think most Americans are going to say to that? No. No. Including a whole bunch of people that would never, in a million years, vote for Donald Trump Mm -hmm. or anybody else with an R after their name, no matter how nice they were, how non-white they were, how secular they were, how religious they just was never going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what Mike Rowe is saying? That I'm I'm trying to bring broader themes here to the culture with the platform I have. Mm -hmm. Is there a lesson to be learned there for on a a broader sense? Then should that be should his model be more emulated? That's all I'm asking.
0: Well, I think we we've shared a model to to a similar extent, but there's kind of a both and going on here. He's not going to go work for him, but do you think he's going to vote for him? Just like, in, at least in the last election, hey, well, you just said it a couple. In the last election, you voted straight ticket Republican for the first time in like fifteen years. Yes, yep. and you said you right now, if you had to choose, you'd probably vote for Trump. I think we're dealing with two different things the the machinery of a political movement uh versus your your independent agency as an individual they're not necessarily the same thing although they certainly do overlap i'm not trying to be i just what i mean do you agree with my premise that he's probably voting for donald trump but he didn't even flinch when he said i want to go work for him i think it's Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll buy that. Yeah, that's my guess. I don't yeah. know that for sure.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Aaron?
2: Yeah
0: i i
2: I think this is something that you know that's not that's that's not news. I mean, you you try to look for ways that you can circumvent circumvent the the two party black hole. That is that is trying to communicate truth in this culture um on 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 matters of the most import and and that's that's kind of the key to where it's at we've been preaching this for a long time that you know if if you want I, i'm you know you i've 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 kind of reevaluated this but i think it still rings true that the fastest way to change politics is still through cultural change as well and so you that's why we get um excited at least i do not because oh hey a celebrity likes us but when um, but when people with large platforms use those platforms to communicate our values, especially if they can do it in an entertaining way, that's what's exciting uh, about that. Not that, oh, hey, a star agrees with... No. Uh, so I think that's, I think he's just articulating what we've been saying needs to happen for quite a while now. And at least in his, in his little uh, arena... It's not little, it's a, it's a huge arena, but at least in his arena... He's doing, a lot, of, he's doing a, a, a lot of good with that. It's just that the opportunities to find those types of people. Mike Rowe is a unicorn, and it, those, those opportunities are few and far and far between.
1: Next clip, Joe Lieberman is apparently still alive. When you say it deserves more bipartisan support, uh, Why?
3: Well, to me, it just seems uh, the the killing of Soleimani seems so eminently in the national security interest of the United States. I mean, everybody by now knows the record. Uh, you can hold him responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Americans directly uh, since uh, over the last 15 years, and thousands of others. All those, including Democrats, who who uh, uh, deservedly uh, cr- are critical of of standing back in Syria and watching. Uh, more than half a million people killed there uh, can put the blame mostly on Soleimani, without whom uh, Assad never would have still been there. So, um, this is again a reflection, I'm afraid, of how partisan, tribal our politics have come. And this, to me, is an extreme of it. If you can't agree that it's the right thing to do for the United States to kill, to take off the battlefield, a general, as literally, in the war against us, mm-hmm. then then what could we agree on without partisan politics? Todd, fake wow. news
1: or
0: not. That guy was L. Gore's running mate. L, I invented no,
1: the that guy wasn't. He should have been. <laughs> A guy named that was his running mate. And that's what he was before he became Al Gore's right. running mate. He gets on Al Gore's ticket and then he starts spouting every lefty He pulled a Biden just started spouting every lefty talking point. And then when he got off of Al Gore's ticket, he was that guy again. So just a minor correction. But I see what you're saying.
0: Well, it's it's remarkable. He has he has no place. And to some extent, we just got done showing the uh, well, it stays in the overtime. doesn't it? But uh, Joe Biden, we, Joe Biden was that, too. And now look where Joe Biden is. I mean, he'll he'll be anything, he, whatever. He'll deal with the necromancers. you have to. I we he may have done that already. It, yet this is this the point that Joe Lieberman is making about if we can't agree on this, what can we agree on? You're absolutely right, which is why we are in a state of civil war right now and nothing less true to news.
2: Aaron, quickly, fake news or not. Um, That's really cute from uh, from Lieberman. That's all I got to say. OK. See if you can decipher what Rudy Giuliani is
1: saying here.
3: Uh, there, there are also no rules for a trial in the Supreme Court. All it says is in, in, in the Senate, it says there shall be a trial mm-hmm. the United States Senate. Chief Justice presides. What happens at the beginning of a trial very often? The defense lawyer stands up and says, Your Honor, I move for the dismissal of the indictment because it fails to state a crime. Mm-hmm. Suppose somebody charged me with not looking nice tonight. And brought me on trial before the New York Supreme Court. Well, I don't look nice tonight, but I'd move to have the case dismissed. The problem here is if we do go to trial, and he'll get acquitted, and they'll make fools out of themselves. I could even argue that politically it would be better to go to trial. They'll find out about Biden. They'll find out what a big crook Biden is. All
1: right. So it's it's beneficial to go and and not go to trial.
2: Aaron, your thoughts. Um, so... Just to back up a little bit, when when you work uh, with somebody for hours on end every single day, even if you enjoy doing it 99% of the time, there's that 1% of the time where you get a little bit annoyed with that person or, you know, pissed off somehow, ticked off, what have you. And sometimes I've been annoyed with Steve. Never have I wanted to physically hurt him before. Uh, Going through the two-and-a-half-minute clip, and you couldn't really hear her, but Janine Pirro uh, was interviewing Rudy Giuliani there. Having to go through that two-and-a-half-minute clip and find a couple of bites that we could actually use for the show today, I wanted to go out to the car, drive to your house or gym, wherever you were, (laughs) and shank you. (laughs) That's all I have to
1: say. I, I think our audience needs to know we had to heavily edit that clip for what you saw to actually make any sense and
2: it wasn't actually it wasn't the editing it was just having to listen to those two clucking hens just it was it was monstrous
1: one more i'm gonna let you tackle this one okay does chris wallace have a point probably not but we'll we'll try
4: to a certain degree the administration has itself to blame, because right away, the president and Mike Pompeo, when he was on all five Sunday shows this last week, was saying imminent, imminent, imminent. And then and people, understandably, whether it was reporters or members of Congress, what's imminent? What was it? And, you know, now you're beginning to hear the president said, well, it was an embassy. And then you hear him today with Laura Ingram saying it may have been plots for four embassies in a constricted period of time. That does put a little meat on the bones. Now, they're not gonna give the sources and methods. They're not gonna say, here's the intercept, here's the satellite image, whatever. But I think if they had been a little more forthcoming forthcoming right from the start, they might not have allowed this skepticism to build. And look, to a certain degree, I think the president has himself to blame because who has been more critical and less sort of just trusting on face of the intelligence agencies than Donald Trump over the last three years? Does he
0: have a point? He does in a vacuum where the current state of the press and the left isn't what it is. But it is what it is, so that's why he doesn't have a point. What he's not—he's going to rely uh, uh, on the press meaning and that, the people of the left to help them, yeah, me, be grown that, ups.
1: Meaning that singling out Donald Trump for picking and choosing the time yeah. to believe certain narratives and and, right. and lines of evidence. When you're in the very industry that does this on a daily basis, yes. there's the, the lack of self awareness is just so obnoxious and overwhelming. I I can't take you seriously. That and if you were doing your job, you would have a point.
0: Yes, right, exactly. But since
1: you're doing the same thing he's doing, you 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 don't have you don't have any points at all. You're
0: making the opposite point, quite right, frankly.
1: Right. All right. So next hour, and I've already gotten a slew of emails about this. We're going to have a conversation I've been looking forward to for more than a week now. Uh, And it's about this new show on Netflix. A lot has been written about it called Messiah. And the tagline is, will he con you or convert you? And we're going to discuss it for the full hour next hour with pop culture Tuesday and compare notes. Is it a, is this this an attempt to convert you or con you the show itself? We'll get into that when we come back here with hour two on blaze TV radio and podcast next. (laughs) and we're back hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace if you do listen to us via the podcast by the way please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from because the more of those we get the more likely we are to get to and find more people like you. And then the more likely we are to please our benevolent overlords here at uh, the blaze and continue to do this for a living. So if you're one of the thousands that have sent us one of those five star reviews, wherever you podcast from, thank you. Please consider doubling up, tripling up uh, post seven or eight of those. I mean, just stuff the ballot box. I, I don't know if that counts, but I'd be willing to try. And if you haven't yet left us a five star review, I have to ask what is wrong with you? because I'm, it cannot be us. It, it it must be you. So please, do your civic duty. Thank you. Back here with our two of the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us, D-E-A-C. You've gotten a lot of emails already about what we're going to talk about here this hour. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. Can you check Todd on the Facebook page? Because I did mention before we went on the air that uh, I wanted to hear from people on Facebook that had watched this Messiah really? show as well. Uh, Pop culture Tuesday this week uh, is brought to you by Rid Zone. If you are trying to live a healthy lifestyle here in 2020, that's good. But way not. But way. What may not be good news for you is your body was not made to cut back on calories, but to crave and conserve them. So what do you do now that you want to get healthier? Well, the good news is there is a check and balance in your body. It's this little molecule called OEA, and its primary function is to let the brain know when the belly is full. Unfortunately, when we've just ignored that impulse for so long to get overweight, we've conditioned the brain to ignore it. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It's a supplement of OEA, and that's all it is. That's not loaded with chemicals, preservatives, additives, Uh, fillers, uh, caffeine stimulants, none of that. It's just about boosting the OEA in your body with more OEA. That's why it is vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and FDA-approved. If you want to give this a shot to help you get your portion sizes and cravings back under control, Go to riduzone.com and use my name, Steve, as a promo code to get a discount on a 90 day supply right now. 30% off a three month supply at riduzone.com, R I D U Z O N E, R I D U Z O N E, riduzone.com, promo code Steve. So the Netflix show Messiah, have we, have we heard from some people on Facebook Yeah, are- about 25 of them. All right, yeah. good, all right. I'm sorting okay. through it right now. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll go through those later. The Netflix debuted a show on New Year's Day called Messiah. And the tagline of the show is, will he, will he con you or will he convert you? And and what would happen if a messianic figure showed up in our world and culture today? And this show is produced by Mark Burnett, very, very One of, I mean, I don't know if he's Aaron Spelling successful, but it, this is one of the more Successful television producers in in recent Hollywood history, and he married Roma Downey several years ago, who's a devoutly Catholic uh, woman. And now, with their partnership, he's used his resources to delve more into into faith based entertainment as well. And uh, they had the award winning, highly rated, successful Bible miniseries. Was that five six years ago? I think it was. Oh, yeah, and. And they've debuted this miniseries on Netflix with the start of the new year. And before we analyze this, I want to warn you, if you haven't watched it yet, we're going to get into spoilers. Aaron hasn't finished yet, so some of this is probably going to get spoiled for him. But that's his fault for not finishing the assignment he was given. All right? So if, if you don't want any spoilers at all, and I don't blame you, okay? If you don't want any spoilers at all, though, and you're planning on watching the show or you're not finished with it yet, I'm going to give you to the count of three here in a moment to just hit pause on the podcast or turn off the Blaze TV feed and come back later on when you've had a chance to get through it all and, and come back and listen to us again, all right? Because we don't want to ruin it for you. All right? Okay? So three, two, one. All right. If you're still here, you made the call. Not on it's not our fault all right so this is this is is a is a show set in our contemporary world and it debuts with a mysterious figure that has appeared in the the Muslim world originally right that's where where this figure originally emerges right I believe
0: I believe Syria is yeah
1: that? it's in Syria correct okay and the stories and, and news, it's literally right out of our headlines where we get into whether it's chemical warfare, refugees, everything discussed in this show is, is, it's like law. It's like they used to say about, and maybe they still do. I just stopped watching Law and Order when it when it became, uh, pro, they should, when it was clear the show should be renamed Progressive uh, uh, Agate Prop and Control. Right, but when I used to watch Law and Order, they had the tagline ripped right from the headlines, right? This show is ripped right from the headlines. And um, there's this mysterious messianic figure who begin who stands up in the streets of Syria when and, and there's an ISIS offensive and it that is about to topple what is left of the Syrian regime and and claim the country as its own. I'm I'm, I'm right? And conquer it, basically, right? And he stands up and says, Allah will deliver you on this day. And a massive sandstorm, like of, pardon the pun, biblical proportions happens and grinds the ISIS assault or an, an offensive down to dust. I mean it, it 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 they can't move and then they're they're or essentially wiped out it by it lasts this. for like forty days yes, or something. Yes, like. it ISIS is wiped out by this, like totally. Like not just in Syria. All right, because like it, it's portrayed in this show that ISIS is totally wiped out by this massive sandstorm. And it begins to spread in the Muslim world that this is the guy that made it happen. And he starts gaining favor with orthodox, theologically conservative but not radicalized imams, um, and there's a belief that he is what, in some form of end times theology in, in Islam, and it's the it's one that is prevalent in in countries like Iran, is what's called the twelfth Imam, and the twelfth Imam, as as we would understand it. And in some Islamic traditions, Jesus is the twelfth Imam and that he is, is he is he's not messianic because um there is no son of David or Son of man or Son of God in Islam. in fact when the when the Moors, when the Muslims took over the dome of the rock during the Crusades, that's the Temple Mount and they and they built that dome there, the dome of the rock, they carved in the dome underneath it the words, the phrase, God has no son. This is why Islamists believe Christians are polytheists, for example. They don't believe in a trinity, okay? So, um, there's this, this is the 12th Imam. And what the 12th Imam will do in some Islamic traditions, and again, in some of them, Jesus is, if you've studied Islam, Jesus is the 12th Imam. The prophet Jesus returns, which the Quran says, Jesus was not crucified but uh, Allah took him away to hide him from the Jews and the Romans, and that another figure was crucified in his place. And so there was no crucifixion, therefore there's no resurrection, and of course, as Christianity's entire truth claim is predicated on what? Resurrection. The resurrection. So this is why Christians and Muslims cannot be worshiping the same God. They they, they just they can't. I mean, you can't base it off of something like that. Okay? And... Um, and the, the, the argument between Christianity and Judaism is, is more nuanced than that, because uh, you also have a situation where Islam is claiming that the, the promise, the line of promise, the, the, the line goes through Ishmael and not Isaac. So, again, they, it, this is a wholly, totally separate religion. And I don't care what George W. Bush says. Go down the streets of any even moderate Muslim country on this planet all right, and shout out loud on Main Street that Christians, Muslims and Jews and Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And you better hope they've got a Second Amendment there. Okay, or they don't have a TSA, so you could bring yours with you. Yeah. All right, they're not going to go for that. All right, they don't go for over here, over there. They don't go for that with the white woke brigade over here, uh, fancifully preaches. All right, so the 12th Imam in some of these Islamic traditions, like Jesus, the prophet Jesus comes back and like slays all the idolaters. Uh, the Kufar, unbelievers, infidels, and the people who spread the lie. This is taught in in Iranian eschatology in, in Iran's school of Islam teaches this, that um the twelfth imam will come back, slay idolaters. Jesus, the prophet Jesus will come back and slay a bunch of Christians for f- preaching the heresy that he was the son of God when Allah stands alone. And so this is this this is so there's this belief that this might be the twelfth imam. With me so far? hmm Okay. And then I'm trying to remember from the show, there's, a, and, and so the show begins, introduces at this point, when this debate is going on within the Muslim world, and he, and he leads this pack of refugees from Syria, that he leads this pack, this, this messianic character, this 12th Imam character, leads them to the border of Israel, demanding that Israel take them in as refugees. Right, right, and they're all unarmed. They're they're displaced because of the ISIS invasion, as well as this natural disaster. And this this the messiah figure here leads this band of Islam of, of Muslim refugees from Syria to the Israeli border and says, "Hey, you need to take them in." And this creates like an international incident. Correct, correct. Okay, whether the whether the nation of Israel has to take them in or should or not, this um, triggers uh, the Mossad into action. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Uh, They begin investigating him. Um, They have, uh, you know, uh, should he be arrested? Should we just take him out? is, Is he a provocateur? What's going on here? Okay. So now Israeli intelligence is involved. Um, the U.S. is is and the American culture is is largely not interested dealing with its own thing. There is one particular CIA high-ranking CIA official played by Michelle Monaghan, who uh, took over from her old man who was in this post for many years. Um, and you know she's an analyst. She's a female Jack Ryan for lack of a better description. And so her job is is there um, at. Which one is Quantico and which one is Langley? I always forget. FBI is Quantico, right? And CIA is Langley, okay? So her job there at Langley is to monitor these situations and then report directly to the vice chairman of the of the CIA. That's her boss, okay? And... Um, and she's monitoring the situation and believes that this needs to be more on the american radar. And so for the first few episodes, she's following this situation clearly and her superiors are like we've got a lot of other problems, let the israelis handle it. We got our own issues. Okay? <clears throat> Until a side plot gets introduced of this protestant minister are they in Kansas or where Texas. Texas? Texas, thank you. Oh, it, it, you know it would be Texas. Yeah, it's in Texas. How did I? Why did I think Kansas? I'm sorry. You know why? Tornadoes, Dorothy, Toto. I'm sorry. <laughs> so they're in Texas, and the side plot gets introduced, and you're like, "What is the point of this?" At first, okay. But you should have. You should know whenever a side plot gets introduced, and at first you're like, "What is the point of this?" Either one of two things is about to happen: A, this is a horribly written show, and there is no point to it, or B. You're about to find out that these plots are going to merge, and this is really, the, this is really the plot line that you need to be following from here. And it's this, it's a, it's a small Texas town, dusty Texas town, and, and like no one's at this church, and this pastor is is just Protestant minister is at his wits end, and his grand scheme is he is going to. Um, Arson his church to basically isn't like to collect the insurance or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and to save his family from financial ruin, all right? Because the no one's coming, no one cares. His he's you find out later that his father in law, played by Bo Bridges, is is basically Paul Crouch, for lack of a better description. Um, Catholic question. I honestly, who's Paul Crouch? Paul Crouch. That is, the, that is who started TBN. Well, Aaron wouldn't. Aaron's too young. I think that's the name of the guy. Paul and okay. Jan Crouch, I think, are who started TBN. That's, that was their names. All right, he is the name in, quote-unquote, Christian television. Okay? He's the name. And this is the biggest. Um, and if you want to, you go with a, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to compare Pat Robertson to that crowd. Uh, while the stuff that he says now is frankly nuts. Um, he, he wasn't always like this. Does that, does that make sense? This is a guy who lived long enough to see himself become the villain. He should have retired long ago. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, the, the, the Crouch clan and, and TBN has always been this audacious televangelist, you know, they come from the oral Roberts, you know, you know, kind of line. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, like I think if you went back and watched the 700 Club reruns like in the 70s and 80s and maybe into the 90s, it, it would not seem as, you would not be looking at it like Ed Asner, Santa Claus looks at Baby Elf. What in the Sam Hill is that? All right, you wouldn't be doing that, okay? It's, de- it, it's, it's devolved. Does that make sense? Okay? Yeah. But, so this guy is a Crouchian figure, a TBN figure is what is Bo Bridges. You find out later that's his father-in-law. And so he is, you know, the antithesis of this. He's sticking to orthodoxy. He's going to a small town. He's got a local church. He just wants to preach the gospel. He's not in this for fame or acclaim or any of that. All right. And then of course his wife, you know, is caught between. She she kind of admires her old man, but then resents the with the tactics she has seen him use to pimp out the gospel. The daughter uh, is com- they have one child, she's completely rebelled from everything that she's been raised with and she's off, you know, th- this is kind of the only time that I felt like this was a little one-dimensional with the nose ring and the goth makeup
2: and the yeah. the chain
1: smoking. As my you know my wife
2: pointed out, uh, she should be vaping, uh, yes. not chain smoking.
1: Yeah, that, that was the one time, that hers is the one character at first I kind of thought they, they ham-fisted it a little too much but there was too much on the money, you know, but the rest of these are, are fairly compelling. And then there's this, there's a massive tornado that comes through this town the night that he's going to burn his church down. And this messianic figure appears in this town, right? Am, I'm, I'm am I still getting this right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And we don't know how he got there.
2: The, the same one from the middle, middle yep. East that led those. Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. Suddenly, he suddenly,
1: he yeah. suddenly leaves. He is suddenly gone
0: from and there's and he was arrested and he escaped a jail cell
1: yeah he escaped a jail cell yeah and one of the things i should mention is is he he literally assaults before he leads the the refugees of uh the muslim refugees from syria to the israeli border he literally gets into (laughs) an argument with one of the imams and physically assaults him because there's no women there all right um and then he's then the the Mossad brings him in for questioning once he leads them to the border. And there's a fascinating scene where he's being he's being interrogated by one of the lead Mossad agents and he's in handcuffs. And then suddenly the handcuffs appear on the Mossad agent instead. OK, and he just disappears from his cell and they don't know where he went.
0: Now, before that, though, it's a very important scene is isn't, isn't, when he's on. He's at the Dome of the Rock. Right mm-hmm. before he comes to Texas mm-hmm. and the 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 healing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But notice where does he originate now? Okay. This all originates in the Muslim world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Suddenly, now he appears in this small Texas town and basically rebukes this tornado and saves this church. And the past, the past, he, the pastor doesn't know his daughter was out after curfew uh doing things rebellious teenage daughters do and 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 was going to die in this tornado but her life gets he finds out later he he, her life got saved by this messianic figure rebuking this tornado and now suddenly this protestant minister whose faith was fleeting and at his wits end has now been completely restored and rebooted in his energy level and 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 for lack of a better description becomes the prophet of this messianic figure and hordes of people come and start visiting this town and now it's on the american media's radar and now the american media is coming because this video is on social media someone captured him rebuking this tornado
0: and when you say hordes you've got fundies yes. flower children it, yes. i mean everything yeah. it
1: is it it is it is a menagerie no question about it every subculture of americana here is represented all right and this gets him on the U.S. radar. The, the U.S. radar now, and now suddenly Michelle Monaghan's character, that the intelligence infrastructure wanted to say, if, if we if we responded every Islamic nut job you brought in here, we'd never get anything done. Now suddenly, this is their number one focus. All right, and uh, the president of the United States uh, is is LDS, and he's played by Dermot Mul- Mulroney, and. His, his chief of staff seems like kind of a secular, no nonsense type military guy, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, we just got to kill this guy. He's a problem. Let's just get rid of him. I'll, I've got, I've got contacts in the Mossad. They'll do this for us and just, we'll move on with the rest of our lives. We got other issues. Let's just move him off the board. What he doesn't know is his, is his boss, the president, is theologically intrigued by who this figure is. And so he, he secretly orders him, orders that this guy be brought to him for a meeting where he can quiz him, where he can find out who is this guy? What's going on? And they go back and forth for several minutes. And he finally, the president finally asks him, what is it? What's your end game? What do you want? And he says, I want, do you, I want a thousand year peace. Don't you want that? Do you want a thousand year peace, Mr. President? And the president who's a, this president who's a war hero And is therefore a war hawk as a president, that's what got him elected, says, I'd love to have that. I just don't think it's possible. He goes, I'm going to tell you how it is. And and the president says, how? And the Messiah says, remove, take all U.S. foreign troops off the board and bring them back home. That's the first step to peace. Remove yourselves from the world stage. And if you don't, essentially, there's going to be plagues on the U.S., And so the president says at first, there's no way I can do this. And then some things that start looking like plagues start happening. And now he's, now he's having his staff prepare briefings. Hey, can we do this? What would it look like? And his, his more secular, no nonsense, hawkish uh, chief of staff is like, hell no, we're not doing this. And then like total rebellion. And then this meeting was supposed to be in secret. The Messiah leaks out to the media that he met with the president. And so now this thing spinal taps overnight now. Okay. He performs this, this miracle of walking on water in front of the Washington monument on national television Um, and other signs and wonders. There's this subplot of this woman who takes her cancer stricken daughter away from her home against her husband's wishes and away from her treatments and, and, and barrels her way in to meet, in the hotel room that this Messiah is living in for him to heal her. And all we see are the two of them. The daughters, maybe 10, 12 years old. All we see is the two of them sitting in this room for long periods of time. You find out, of course, later on, the daughter dies and and wasn't healed. Um, It's similar to the scene in Matthew where Jesus is brought to the, 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 sick girl and privately in her room to sit with her and raises her from the dead. It's almost like the antithesis of this. Okay. There are other signs and wonders that are performed by this messianic figure where we could spend the rest of the hour describing them, but the show ends with no answers. It leaves every question open for debate. And in the final episode, um, there's a plane crash where finally, this chief of staff has 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 gone behind the president's back with, and, or and with the Mossad to have this guy he's about to go on this TBN channel with this Bo Bridge's Paul Crouch figure. he's about to go on you know and 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 this Bo Bridges is like, we got the Messiah he's here because his son-in-law has now basically become this guy's prophet. And has, has gone to his dad and said, we put him on his father. law you put him on the show and procl- and let him proclaim his presence to the nations through your show. And he says, absolutely. That's great ratings. I want him on. Well, when he's waiting to go on the Mossad kidnaps and puts him on an unchartered uh, flight. Uh, Cause they're going to, they're going to kill him. They're going to get rid of him. And the plane crashes. He miraculously survives. He's the only survivor of the crash. He miraculously survives. And a small Bedouin boy witnesses him bringing back to life two of the Mossad members that were on the plane with him, including the one that originally interrogated him in the jail cell, who views himself as an atheist and now is, is ready to follow this Messianic character. And that's basically how it ends, right? Yeah. Doesn't provide any other um, answers to questions or anything of that nature. It just kind of ends right there. So after the very first episode, I looked, I didn't say anything to Amy, except you want to watch the next one. She said, yeah, I'm curious. So we watched the second episode. And then after the second episode, I looked at my wife and I said, I've got a weird theory and you're going to think I'm nuts. But I think this show is either about the Antichrist or it's promoting one. She goes, I was actually just thinking the exact same thing we got through about episode four and I really believed, I think we've lost Roma Downey now. I think, I think, I think add her to the list of, you know, the, the people
0: that have let us down in this era by the time I got to, cause I thought the show was just what specifically. That's what I want to know because I never had that I'll, feeling. What I'll tell you after
2: episode four, um, I can't imagine Netflix green lighting a show where the antichrist is open borders, that was kind of the nail on the coffin for me.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because the, the first few episodes, we get the very wokey messianic character. That's why I thought yeah, we lost another, but we get to the end and you start seeing, and Aaron hasn't gotten here yet, but when you get to the end, you start seeing the wokiness becomes more and more and ends uh, a means to an end. Meaning it's, it's, it's not his mission, in my view. It's it's the enticement to get to perhaps what his real mission is. It's it's a um, it's a bait and switch. But I don't think that's really clear in the first few episodes. I don't. And I think they were. And by the way, I think they're wise. If I'm right, they're wise not to do that the first few episodes because if it's too obvious, I'll just turn it off what keeps you watching all the way to the end is I don't think it's till, till you get to the end when he says, hey, take all the U.S. troops away, okay? There's a small scene in the movie where the Vatican host has a press conference about, hey, is this for real or not? And they're like, well, it, we, we, we're not gonna verify it, you know, but are there evidence of some signs and wonders, yeah, but eh, okay? We're not really sure. Okay. There's there's a heavy Israeli political presence in the show, but there's almost zero Jewish presence in the show, if that makes sense. Okay. Like he, he interacts directly with with the Christian religion and the Muslim religion. He doesn't interact with the Jewish religion at all. At all. At all. I I can't think of in 10 episodes. Can you think of a single time that he does?
0: no not off the top of my uh, head unless you consider the israeli
1: government a proxy for that but i mean on a theological no, no, level you're right i don't remember uh, yeah, I yeah on a theological let, so, let me make a finer point of that on a theological level right. he directly engages islam on a theological level he directly engages christianity there's a scene where him and that protestant minister that becomes his prophet sit there and quote daniel back and you'll see yeah. the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven they quote it back and forth to each other all right so he engages christianity and islam, theologically, directly. He never engages Judaism directly in the show. And what is, in the Gospels, what does Jesus spend the overwhelming vast majority? What's the Messiah spend the overwhelming vast majority of his time doing? The Jewish people. Engaging the Jewish religion directly, theologically, okay? So by the time you get to the end, I'm fairly convinced that this is, a beautifully crafted way of introducing people without a strong theological foundation to how susceptible they really are to an antichristical character like this.
0: That's exactly what this whole thing is about.
1: And that's what you think it is all along.
0: Yeah, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's going to, in the end, be about the real antichrist. It's going to be about... This is why the, when the real Antichrist comes, this is why it's going to work because somebody far less, far less, with no, uh, no spiritual uh, power on that level will have pulled uh, the wool over your eyes for the sa- same reasons the Antichrist is going to be able to push all the right buttons.
1: Should they not do another season? because if the
0: if the point of the show is yeah. what
1: you and I think it is Todd maybe no. they should just leave it right there don't close any loops something no. to think about and we'll get to some of your thoughts on this show and we'll react to that here when we come back here in a moment on Blaze TV radio and podcast stay tuned You know what? The major phone carriers donate millions of dollars to left wing causes, abortion, open borders, and more. How about, well, you got to do business with them for reliability, right? Well, did you know that all of the characters use one of the same four towers? That's why in their own commercials now they're saying, hey, we've got the same coverage everybody else does, just at this percentage point cheaper. So, really, the difference is Patriot Mobile is the only company that donates. A portion of your bill to support the conservative causes, religious liberty, life, the Second Amendment, the stuff that you are trying to conserve, the stuff that you support. Starting at $25, Patriot Mobile plans come with unlimited talk, text, and the same reliable nationwide service with no hidden fees. This year, probably more than at any point in history, you got to stick together. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash PatreonMobile.com slash Steve. And when you use that offer code Steve, get a free month of service when you open up any new line of service at PatreonMobile.com slash Steve. You can also call their US-based customer service team At 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524. Vote with your dollars. Support companies fighting for your values and save money. PatreonMobile.com slash Steve. Plan starting as low as $25 a month. And when you go to PatreonMobile.com slash Steve without offer code, a free month on any new line of service, patreonmobile.com slash Steve. So we're talking here on a special hour-long episode of Pop Culture Tuesday about this new show on Netflix, The Messiah. We don't know much about his background. He's a mysterious figure. Some of the stuff that he wrote and did in college has disappeared, you know, similar to how a former U.S. president's college record and some of the things he said and wrote in college are are no longer there. Oh. Uh, at an exclusive uh, private uh, school too. Weird how that worked out. Uh, they do find out though that he is connected to, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, um, who's the WikiLeaks guy that we thought we were going to turn into a hero? Assange. Uh, yeah, Ju- he's basically connected. To, uh, Ju- is that fair? A Julian Assange figure? You right. don't know this yet. You haven't gotten there yet, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's basically connected to a, the, a, the Julian Assange of this show. And the CIA thinks that he is utilizing this guy to practice a form of uh of of cultural espionage okay In, and yeah. injecting a lie into a culture to subvert it and and turn it inside out and the Assange guy finally tells the cia um you have the right plan just you have the wrong chain of command i'm i'm not the one pulling the strings here he is okay which further lends me to believe this is an antichristical character um but let's, let's get some reaction to what the, the audience thinks. Matthew says he's a prophecy geek and he's nerding out on Messiah. He says, finally, someone is portraying a plausible narrative. He, he thinks that the way left behind, even though his books sold, the gross domestic product of a Latin American country, he has the same, obse- and I read them all too, he has the same observation I did that outside of the first book or so, Carpathia is just not really a believable villain. He's kind of a clown, kind of a one-dimensional. Um and he says he's looking forward to seeing where they go in the future. But he's his theory is that he's not the antichrist, but that he is the false prophet that will lead uh to an antichrist. That's he's uh, the John the Baptist he's, he's making the, away. He's the yeah. he's the false prophet Muslim Isa basically that will that will lead to the rise of an antichrist character. All right. Um, Chris says, I think you guys have hit the nail on the head with the show. Uh, It shows how vulnerable people are to falling for a figure like an antichrist. Um, Susan says, I haven't even seen this show yet, but as soon as, as as he saved the Muslim world from ISIS, uh, that then I that just told me right away that it has to be about an antichrist character, and she says I would say no to a second season, sight unseen, and leave it open to make because wh- how did you describe your wife felt watching
0: this show? Increasingly unsettled. Unsettled.
1: I have I have felt unsettled like what she's describing before. It was um uh, about a year and a half before I uh, two years before I became converted fully. We were just going to church. Anna was a baby, kind of exploring, but before I had a real conversion, and I and I was I was in New Orleans the summer of two thousand and one, with our uh, arena football league team. I traveled down there with them, and going through the French Quarter on a Saturday night in August, and I am I am no shrinking violet, as you guys know, but the things I saw and witnessed there, even. In a, in a non-converted state, I was like, this is, this is terrible. Okay? And then the next morning, I decided to go walk through it again to see what it was like the morning after all of this debauchery and half-naked women passed out in, you know, in alleys and the smell and um, my flight got delayed and so I had hours, I had to check out of the hotel and now I've got hours to kill. So I start walking through a lot of these bookstores and, and the occult bookstores and the stuff that were rampant. And, and I remember calling Amy and I'm like, there's just something not right about this. I'm, I'm, and I think I even used the word, I'm un, it's, it's unsettling. I'm not, I, like, I, I, this, I feel like I shouldn't be in the presence of these things. Is that kind of how she felt? A little bit,
0: yeah. Well, her her exact words, and then I said, "Well, you realize you're, you're uh, communicating scripture." She says that there's nobody good to lean on. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, that's the Bible. There's no one. No one is good. Not one.
1: No one is good but God. Why, this, teacher? Why do you call me good? No that's one. That's why is good
0: this but is God. not. It, I'd yeah. be shocked if there's an actual antichrist. No matter how many seasons they go.
1: Another Matthew writes, Matthew, who who says he's in what's left of Illinois. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the main point to me seemed to be you'll see what you want to see. If you want to see a Messiah, you will. If you want to see a charlatan, you will. Um he did not have me fooled, mostly because he would never answer direct questions about whether or not he was the Messiah. Okay. Um As a guy that grew up just across, um, oh, that was about CNN. We'll get back to that. I'm sorry, I grabbed the wrong one. But uh, This one guy has sent me like four emails about this show. Uh, he is so, uh, so worked up about it. My wife and I watched the first season. I've been wondering the same thing. What are they trying to do? It's Netflix, a leftist company. Are they being sincere here, trying to convey a message of love and God is good? Or are they sucking you in to then in season two, push the narrative that God is false and fake, et cetera? This version, Bill, of God is love doesn't line up with the one how the Bible defines it, which is, again, why I said that either this is about the Antichrist or it's promoting one. I know you've got some reaction on Facebook from some of our...
0: David Crisp, it's hard to figure out just what the writer's, director's, producer's intent is. Is it just to entertain without making any theological points? Or is it to produce a piece of pure fiction not bound by any biblical boundaries or orthodox doctrines? Is it to promote an ecumenical message, how all religions point to God and how they are all being hijacked by fanatics and extremists? Is it to raise questions about the world today?
1: Which is in of itself is an antichristical message, by mm-hmm. the way, but
0: yes and how the world would react. Any of these, all of them? Or is there a comprehensive message that they are developing that will play out over several seasons? So it's just question mark, question mark, question mark. I can't figure out what it is. I I think that's because it's about everybody's looking at everything but themselves. Yeah, It's about you.
1: That's the brilliance of this show. That's why it's
0: an either-or. Yeah.
1: Because this show is either an incredibly an incredibly powerful tool of deception or it's an incredibly clever warning
2: it, it there is no middle ground here do we at least agree on that what if they did like three or four seasons and we never get the answer to this either or question
1: if they do it right i actually that's, think yeah, that makes a it success. a very yeah because here's the thing eventually uh, uh, if, it's, if it's meant to be deceptive, uh, uh, eventually the, the devil wants to be recognized, bowed down, worshiped, okay? Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, you said I will ascend like the most high. Um, he does not, you know, I, I, one of the things I spent a lot of time in a nefarious plot debunking is this idea that the devil prefers anonymity, No anonymity is a tactic Not a preference Utilizes anonymity because it works Okay But you don't you don't stand up to the most powerful being in the cosmos shake your fist at him And then come down here amongst we mere earthlings and then decide, you know I I I think I just want to remain in the shadow subtlety is kind of my jam No, no, you don't you don't do that. All right? anonymity is a tactic, right? I mean, it's re- why Jesus says to beware of wolves and sheep's clothing. If he just showed up in a red unitard and a pitchfork all the time, you you'd, would be the first thing you'd scream out. Devil, right? You'd scream that out. You know, Jesus doesn't say to be afraid of a wolf. When a wolf shows up at your door snarling, what do you do? Run or lock and load. You know that there's, uh-huh. you know what? There's no, it's, it's when he shows up dressed in and looks non-threatening that you're like well maybe this is not a wolf maybe it's different maybe it identifies as something nicer right so anonymity is not a state of being for hell folks it's it's a tactic to disarm you to 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 put you uh, at, in a vulnerable state the the end game of hell is is conquer to own you to control you and eventually to get there, it has to proclaim itself. It just doesn't want to do so until, it's, until essentially you're already given over. We're just dotting I's and crossing T's now, okay? The, the, the marriage has been consummated. We're just, we're just before justice of the peace and making it official. But we've been, we've been living in sin here for quite a while. Everybody knows it, okay? That's, that's how hell operates. So eventually, if it's a tool of deception, after sucking you in, Aaron, over the course of several seasons emotionally, eventually, it's going to turn into the crown, <laughs> right? Because eventually, he's, he's going to want, and, and now that you have been effectively disarmed, come now. And all who looked upon the beast, gazed upon it and marveled at it. it doesn't say, yeah, a few people noticed it and they thought it was kind of cool. Nope, no, no. Nope. No, that's a lie. Uh, the, the, the enemy is not into subtlety. He's into victory. If subtlety is so subtlety when it's utilized, it's not a state of being for the enemy. It is merely tactical. In the end, he desires to be known and worshiped. So if it's, if it's a show of deception, eventually that's going to be declared, don't you think? Yes, but only after a, if he a, is su- the real anti yeah, but only after a, a sufficient amount of people have become so emotionally engaged if you, here, you want to know how the devil operates. I'll tell you why not here's how it starts they're just two consenting adults what is of it are yours what they do in their own bedroom.
0: He's fundamentally a liar.
1: How, how does my gay marriage, how does their gay marriage impact your marriage? How did it impact you at all? Why do you care? And then after, but you start, you, you ponder that, you let that ruminate for a while and you're like, well, you know, man, I was, you know, I was, I was pleasuring myself to this porn the other night and I, you know, I wasn't a virgin on my wedding night, neither was my wife, right? You start,
4: you yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think that makes some sense. I mean, I don't want to be judgy. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a too. Right, right, Right? Mm -hmm. right. And then after you're disarmed and it comes back with, Oh, by the way, and you will be made to care. Now comes the coercive power and force of control. If you will not change your conscience for this, if you will not be controlled, you will be compelled. And if you will not be compelled, you will be convicted. That's how it works, right? Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah.
0: how it works. And so, that's ultimately,
1: if if this is an antichristical character, that's where this is going to go. Now, if it's a if it's a deception, if if or I mean, if it's intention, if it's an intentionally deceptive one, it will culminate. We're going to get a wedding night. The devil desires consummation here. Okay, you're going to there's going to be one. We're going to get a a marriage supper uh, of of the wolves. We're going to get one of those. All right, but if it's not that, then if it's a warning, I think it'll continue to be very ambiguous.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I hope we get like four or five seasons of this, and I hope at the end everybody's driven nuts and like what? Are-? Because if you're asking what are- what's it mean, what is it supposed to mean? Tell me what it means. And that's I'm getting some that I just like. I want to know, and I mm-hmm. can't tell. You're the pastor because he walks around that entire tense. Tell me what am I supposed? He's high. He's low. He's John Locke from Lost. He's all over the map. Yes. Wow. That's a great analogy. all over the map. I'm telling you, this guy- That is perfect. This guy, all the miracles, you think not one of them, he hasn't actually changed anybody, including at the end. No one has been proven to be resurrected from the dead. Not one. Not one. If you need to understand what this is about, it was so perfectly made. Do you mind me telling- I mean, I no. We've already it, given it, a spoiler warning. i just like it, the point is. It I can't remember. Let's have the
1: Catholic preach some prophecy uh, here on the Steve Day it, Show. Is it episode it's your, nine? It's your, it, it,
0: it's your pulpit. It's episode nine. Yes, when the the two. Uh, Muslim youth that have been around him for a long time. And the girl that you're talking about, she's the linchpin of all this thing. Uh, She shows like some quasi-mystical interest, right? She's taking photos out in the middle of nowhere by the pastor's daughter. Yes, he takes a keen interest in the pastor's
1: daughter and basically recruits her into his movement. And she's got
0: this health malady that you don't quite know about until the end. And then she's hanging out with her boyfriend who's just a doofus, but she's like above it all and too cool for school. And then at the end... At the end, she's at her grandpa's place in D.C. the big, the big mega church thing, and um, she goes out to kill time. But she, to kill time because the Messiah has been yep. gone the away. The Messiah's but, taken him away. But she's right. al- she's already been told that it's not the her dad that's the chosen one by the Messiah. It's, it's her. her. Yeah. And she comes to believe it. And this girl that's too cool for school and is trying to keep time, she starts preaching fire and bimstone and the lambs will be separated from the goats. She goes All in. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, at the very same time over in uh, in wherever they are, the Palestine, the the two boys the one who was kind of the chosen one of the prophet goes total kind of uh, uh, love is love. And the one who was his friend who didn't care about it and thought the whole guy was a scam, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's a, he's U- a, bomber. He's a bomber and yeah. they're facing each other down. The point is that this false god can manipulate you in any way he right. wants to based on the pressure points that he exactly finds. Right. He's trying to create chaos and you don't have to be the actual messiah to you. Th- that would cheapen it if they actually make this guy the actual uh, antichrist. This is about you and your false gods and your brokenness. And that's why I hope they do five seasons and never tell you what it is because it's about you.
1: That's good stuff, man. That's really good. The
0: other thing about the Catholics, since you mentioned it, and we There's talked so about this. There's so
1: many layers to this. I, I'm realizing how much I didn't tell the audience. Like I totally forgot about the two Muslim yeah. boys that are his original yeah. disciples and they think he's the 12th Imam and and how their plot line ultimately ends up uh, satisfying. And one of them kills, the, they, they, yeah. they, they're both dead at the end, right? No, well, no, the... The love is love one is yeah. Still, the, the love is, survives the bombing. But the, all these the, yeah. The other guy, the suicide bombers. All
0: dead, the way yeah. you think they've he's done a miracle, and not of one of them is proven. The, the the kid that is supposedly shot and raised from the dead, he's he's alive. He's like scurried away so nobody can investigate him. Um, the walking on water, they prove that magicians have done this before. At the end, it's a little boy who is known in his village for telling tall tales. They get. I don't think anybody died in that crash. Brother, I, think,
1: I forgot the part where his brother comes yeah. out and says, "Well, you know, we were raised by our uncle on this." streets of iran and he was essentially he was a street magician and taught us all the tricks and he starts performing some of that sleight of hand live in the middle of the interview
0: i don't think anybody on that plane died he told the the assad Masad guy that he's dead i think they they killed some of them and then i I think the whole thing is a con and the catholic thing the catholics are hardly in it now here's one thing that may end up angering people it's an easy and understandable small Protestant fundamental town to make happen what they wanted mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic thing was just, well, we're kind of looking at it. it because Roma is Catholic, if they decide to go in a direction where they really elevate the Catholic Church as kind of above it all, which is unbelievable in this age, they
1: get their revenge. Awesome. Uh, and left behind, yeah. the Pope sells out to the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Roma is like, revenge. Yeah. The Protestants sell
0: out to the Antichrist exactly. this time. That's going to. That'll make you really mad on the <laughs> Protestant wing. All
1: right, fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back at it again tomorrow, right after Glenn Beck. Noon to Eastern here on Blaze TV Radio Podcast. Until then, John three seventeen. This
0: is Steve Dace
3: on the Blaze Radio Network.